Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? And so much more. Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkey. I'm a writer, actor, and devoted fan of Sex and the City and And Just Like That. And I've spent so much time and energy fervently defending the show that I couldn't help but wonder, should I do a podcast about this? The answer, of course, is no, but And Just Like Matt is more than a podcast. It's a faith-based community with a shared mission to bring back Samantha full-time. And it's also a call to action. It's a plea because I'm begging you just like me. Come on, you know you want to. And maybe after you give this episode a listen, you will. And just like that, we are going to be discussing season one, episode four. I am joined by two sparkling queens. Uh, Our first guest, I have such a clear memory of her sauntering into a history of musical theater class at NYU our sophomore year. She comes bouncing in, golden blonde hair, giant sunglasses, some kind of chic like polka dot romper, sipping an iced coffee. And I just think, oh my God, it's Carrie Bradshaw. It was true then, it's true now. She's an actor you've seen on Ghosts and Them and Law and & Order and so much more. Alana Becker, well. Starting by crying. Wow. <laughs> I have the exact same reverse memory of you. It is- <laughs> he was wearing the same yeah. thing. It's really weird that, yeah. That's when you had the you broken leg, remember? You're on crutches. Oh, we'll get into that. Okay, sorry. Let me introduce our second guest. She came into my life more recently, but I was equally dazzled by at first blush. She is a TV writer and producer who's worked on American Horror Story and Archer and the Great North and so much more. We met at a party where she almost immediately shared some uh, celebrity gossip with me, which of course is one of the true (laughs) kindnesses. That's actually one of the four agreements, I believe. And- As if that weren't enough, she also did a tarot reading for me over Zoom recently because she contains multitudes. And that reading was very powerful. I know her insights today are going to be very powerful. Asha Michelle Wilson. Hi. (laughs) Wow, what an introduction. We got some good ones there. Um, Yes, I tend to lead with celebrity gossip. My New Year's resolution this year, in fact, was to do it less. Um, I was trying to, I know, I know. Can we disagree with your, can we rewind the clock? Yes, yes. I'll talk to Pat about it. Save it for next year. It's such a gift when you do that for people. I really hope that you give up on your New Year's resolution or that you reverse it. So let's position ourselves in the past, if we could. Let's start as we always do by by throwing it back to the original and how it shaped us. Alana, like I mentioned, you have always given me such strong Sex in the City vibes, but I've never really heard you speak about your relationship to the show. I there's so many Easter eggs. I. I didn't even want to tell you about it beforehand, but the show, I think being at NYU during its inception, it just shaped my everything. My Mm. coffee cart guy thought I was Sarah Jessica. He called me Jessica Sarah for four years. Wow. Um, High praise. I mean, the nicest, the nicest. I pretended to smoke cigarettes. I did the whole thing because I think I really um, aligned with her in so many ways. She was the first person that I felt like like looked like me. Um, I want to lead with the story and you can cut it or not, but 
my no, freshman please. year after studio, we had, Asha, we had these like eight hour long acting classes. Oh my God. And I remember seeing my very first like filming sign mm. so, and it was Sex in the City. And it was on University Place in front of the old Diagostinos. Wow. So at 8 a.m., I knew that at six o'clock I would be out the door and I was going to run home and put on my vintage fur coat, a bra strap headband that I made platform shoes and I sat outside and pretended to smoke cigarettes in front of her trailer and I swear to God she came out and to this day I don't know the name of the man she was with they came right over to me I wonder if they were worried about my mental health there's windows in trailers <laughs> and she came right up to me and said what's your name Jessica Sarah is how you must have literally <laughs> that's why you're a writer I and then I won't tell this long of a story, but I feel like it sort of sets up your question. I managed to get my name out and the man she was with said, oh my God, my wife just had our second child. We named her Alana, spelled the same. Matt, she said, do you want to be on the show? <gasps> I, no, no, I swear. I honestly wasn't sure I was going to tell this because I'm writing about it now, but she brought me to set and I was in extra in three episodes. She stayed with me most of the night. <gasps> oh my God. She's literally like, I've, I've never seen her. I saw her once at, at Saks Fifth Avenue a few years later in the shoe department because, of course, and of I, course. I I couldn't tell her. I like, couldn't uh, tell her how much it shaped. She is the Chrysler building. She's big. She's she's Aww. our big. What are the episodes? And can we see okay. you in it? Will we spot you? So the funniest part about it is that we had literally the same haircut. My hair is very curly, Asha. So it's, we have the same texture. In fact, my mother credits a lot of the um, bra strap headband you, we see in season three. To her, of course, only a Jewish mother would say that. It's the Freaks <laughs> episode is when you see, you see me a little bit. But remember the Freaks episode where she ends up being the freak herself? Yes, mm. yes. Yes. Justice and for the, Ben. And the, the, the flying trapeze? Is that yeah. the same? No, yeah. that's no. letting go. It's the one. I, oh, oh. Dang. I remember the one you're talking about where it's like, Very it's kind of early. like the circus freak. It's like season one or something. Yes. And Carrie goes crazy because she's like, there has to be something wrong with him and starts like digging under his bed. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. 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 In fact, you once asked, like, who would you ever like to bring back? I think Justice for Ben. I think mm. he was, it could have been great. an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, you only see my hair. We we ended up watching, um, watching, invited all the neighbors over. It was like Christmas break, I think mm. sophomore or junior year. And like the town rabbi was there. And it ended up being a very <laughs> filthy episode. And then you only see my hair. And it was worth Aww. it. Wow, we can feel your presence though Absolutely. throughout Absolutely. the show. Asha. So I was devoted, that's the short answer. The fact that you were able to call out the episode <laughs> gives me a little insight into your commitment to the original show. Oh yeah, I, I, my mom often says that um, if I didn't work in TV, there would be nowhere else for me because <laughs> the way my brain retains the information is scary sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I was young when the show first came out. I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but. Sometimes when you watch reruns of something when you're a little bit older, your brain thinks that it's new, like you're mm. getting the new episodes of it. But in fact, the episode has been out for like five years. I think that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. my brain did with Sex and the City. I was watching it probably like season one. I was probably watching in like 03, 04. And I was like, oh, my gosh, why is no one talking about season one of Sex and the City? <laughs> um, and the show was basically almost done. But yeah, I... I was a big fan of it. It was a show that I would like sneakily watch. I wasn't allowed to watch TV during the week. So it was mm. one that I would kind of like sneakily try and watch because we had HBO. 
Um, but yeah, I think I, in college, I wrote my thesis on ensemble comedies and how they all kind of relate to each other. And Sex and the City was actually the linchpin one of how like every character in Sex and the City relates to like a character in Scooby-Doo um, based mm. on the way they like build their ensemble. So I've researched a lot of Sex and the City. Wow. I'm so glad yeah. to have an academic perspective uh, for yes, once yes, on the yes. show. I have a degree in this, so um, I, I do what I can. I'm now convinced we're soulmates, so... Um... <laughs> I know. I don't know why I just knew this was the right pairing. <laughs> you do. But it's also, your names just sound good together. Yeah. It's also, just, it all works. It's yeah. It's very good. Okay, so uh, before we transition into the new show, at mm. the time, I mean, Asha is younger than us, Alana, but... God, um, as we... Yeah, outed. I mean, I, I know. Yeah, fine. Uh, I'm when sorry, it came I to oh, not no. at all. No, listen, live your young truth. Uh, <laughs> when it came to like your young dating life and you know your friendships, your relationships, Alana, how much did the show reflect what was happening in your real life? Mm. Oh my goodness, this is. I thought you were going to throw me a softball. This is and definitely <laughs> dating. I feel like I would categorize men as the Mr. Big or, yeah. oh God, I almost said funky spunk, but that's really not, I shouldn't have. <laughs> I just listened to your last episode. No, I think I would definitely categorize men that I was dating and then thus dismiss them. I think right. for me, or they would dismiss me once or twice. <laughs> um, I think for me, it was the thing that made Sex and the City always sing was that friendship was at its core. And I think it really just um, solidified how important and how lifelong that your friends are your soulmate, you yes, know? Yeah. Um, so that informed everything, just like the, the archetypal friend group. And yeah, Asha, that, were you ever changed, like chasing a toxic big and then, you know, uh, unpacking it over, over mimosas at brunch? I did um, because I knew I wanted to be a writer since I was, you know, in middle school, if not before. I always associated with Carrie because she was a writer. I always fancied myself a Carrie, but I was never attracted to the toxic. I mean, well, there's different types of toxic. Let's, yes. let's start there. Right. I was, um, uh, so there were plenty of toxic types I was attracted to, but they weren't really portrayed as much on Sex and the City. It was more of, um, I did date a burger type that is definitely oh, yeah. in my past for sure. A kind of writer v. writer moment oh, definitely happened in my past. But I don't know. I think... I, I moved to LA pretty quickly and I feel like the New York dating scene and the LA dating scene feel very different in the yeah. way that mm. um, they're kind of tonally, I don't know, the way they feel. Um, so I never related as much to the Sex and the City dating life. So it felt more like a fun fantasy to watch as opposed to what I was living. Yeah. New York is very big heavy, you know? Yes. There are a lot of big fear. Yes, there's not. Um, although I will say I very recently um, kind of had a little thing with a guy who um, is an architect who is younger than me. Um, and everyone That's was calling him. That's such a TV, him, a TV character job. <laughs> I know. And everyone was saying, oh, he's your Aiden. That's what's happening here. You're going yeah, through right. your Aiden phase. Because um, he built furniture and stuff. He oh. was like an architect uh. who built furniture. Who's very, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of giving me um, the, this last season, the guy that um, Carrie ran off his bike. Mm, it's giving me yes. that energy. He was, right. he was an app guy, but yeah, that, I'm, yeah, I don't yeah. Wanna... There was something going on there. Is this the moment? Like in this, this is a season two guy, Asha. I don't know if you're even I was going to say, yet. is this the moment oh. that I reveal that I've only seen two episodes of And Just Like That and this is one of them? Good for you. Wow. So this is episode four. So did you see yeah. the first one in this one? I saw the first episode when it first came out. I was like, okay, I have to get in on this. And then 
watched this one for this. Um, But I feel like through osmosis, I've gotten so much through like pop culture, through friends talking about it. I feel very aware of so much of it in the way that I can have like dinner party conversations about Che. But (laughs) without having having to seen too much of Che in a way, I I envy that. Yeah. We all wish that we could have my memory of Che, which is very little. Do you okay, miss so, the funeral episode? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The funeral episode. It is worth going back. That is, okay. it's a beautiful. Just okay. so we can all process. But Well, they say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To get your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is the app that's helping millions of Americans feel self-sufficient without falling into debt traps. Earnin empowers you to live life to the fullest by providing up to $100 a day of your pay within minutes of earning it, no mandatory fees, and no credit check. You just watch your earnings tick up as you work, access up to $750 per pay period. It's easy and free to get started. You just add your bank and employment info. They'll verify your paycheck. It's designed to support you in the short term and long term. So download Earnin today. That's E. A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, just type in Just Like Matt under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Just Like Matt under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. You know, this show is all about honest conversations where we we really face our fears. And for some of us, it's a fear of aging. For some of us, it's a fear of carbs. And hey, I get it. The fear is real. But that is why I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor, Hero Bread. Hero Bread has remade many of your favorite foods, but in these fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein, and fiber. Two of my favorite things. I've always said, if I ever have twin children, their names are going to be protein and fiber. What did I have for lunch today? A tuna sandwich on their seeded bread. It was the perfect texture. It toasts up just like a dream. My God, was it good. And right now, if you go to hero.co and use code like Matt, you will get 10% off your first order. So don't give up on being a breadhead because Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co, use code LikeMatt at checkout. That's LikeMatt at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Yeah. But you're coming into this with fresh eyes, which is great. It's going to be, we're going to have some rich perspectives here. So we'll get into this episode specifically, but just more like big picture Alana, with this new series, how do you feel about the way Samantha's absence has been handled? Oh, I miss her. You know, you said something in the last episode of And Just Like Matt, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. I, if she were the voiceover, if she were the voiceover, all these light, like synapses started going off. I feel like that would just bridge so many gaps. In a lot of ways, what made re-watching this episode so I speak very circuitously. So my God, if I leave a breadcrumb, come, come find me. But I think that um, what we start seeing from Seema in this episode in particular mm. scratches a little bit of that Samantha itch for me. Yes. That 
that very last scene, like I always know it's a good Sex in the City episode when the tears come. And there were two mm. tears for me and they were all centered in the friendship at the me end too. there. And so that's what Samantha did so beautifully where she kind of like rib you a little bit and then let you know that judging was never her style. Yeah. It seems like so Sima, much heart. Uh, just got Can I say bump. though, I think something I listened to your podcast, Matt. So that's where I also <laughs> get. Same, oh, same, thank same. you so much. Something you said we did in the, the last real work, Asha. Yes. We yes, did the real yes. work. As we should. Something you said or talked about in the last episode is how tonally, obviously, the show is so different from Sex and the City. It really is its own thing. But I think the major difference that I really noticed in this episode, as well as the first one, is that there's so much more importance on family than mm. Sex and the City had. Sex and the City is really, to your point, Alana, it's a show about friends. It's about, you know, how friends are your family. Whereas, and just like that, it really feels like family is your family. And obviously you want these female friendships that are such a big part of it. And like, when you look at the original Sex in the City, we rarely have ever met any family members. Like we met Steve's mom, of course, you know, and we met like certain people like that, but you know, we never meet our core four family members really ever. Wow. And I think we're Samantha to be in this, that focus on family. I don't think she'd have any part of that. She'd probably, I think the reason people miss her the most is that she would be the closest to who she was in yes. the original series. Right. Because she wasn't going to have kids. She wasn't going to get married. That wasn't her world. Whereas Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte, that becomes their world. And I think that's what people crave, is that initial Samantha-ness of it, because she wouldn't have changed very much. That's so true. And I do, I mean, I've said this a million times, but I do feel like that that also speaks to the rift, the fictional rift between the characters is that like whatever this story about her, the PR fallout over money, whatever, whatever that is, it also, it just, it makes so much sense that Samantha would feel a little betrayed that yeah. Carrie became yeah. kind of just like the other girls in Absolutely. terms of like putting the husband first. And I want to give go down, I won't go down another rabbit hole about... <clears throat> Big not wanting to go to Lily's mm. recital, how he deserved to die. Um, Wait, do you? Were but also, you shocked? I, 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 this sorry, question is popping up that I did not expect to ask, but did the real riff affect the fictional riff for you? I mean, did it affect your viewing of the show? Because I think for me, I'm like, I really just thought they were all so close. Did it? Yeah. I, it worked for me in that it was like baffling. Yeah. The, the, real, the fictional rift is baffling the way the real one is baffling, where mm. it's like, I believe the SJP side of the story that like she was nothing but kind and professional and yet there's been this weird sort of like vengeance tour that has happened i have thoughts about this oh please so something that um the writer strike has led me to which i've never ever seen depression anxiety no that's just fine no (laughs) no correct yes that too but um that depression and anxiety led to me finally watching real housewives Um, I had never, ever seen a single episode. And I think it was actually the perfect thing to lead me into watching and just like that. Because there is a little bit of a Housewives energy to Mm. all of them um, in this. And I think the Kim, Sarah of it all, and I guess the Samantha, Carrie of it all, feels a little early seasoned Roni, Jill, and Bethany, if anyone Ah. recalls that. That's the only Um, season I ever uh, watched of anything. We're so many. Okay. So I'm so excited about this. Because the Jill and Bethany of it all was that Bethany kind of wanted to be her own. And I know we have so many opinions about Bethany now versus back in 2009. But at the time, Bethany kind of wanted to be, you know, Bethany, just be. 
Um, whereas Jill wanted to be the Lucy and Ethel kind of pairing mm. of them together. And there's a little bit of that that reminds me of Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker, where Samantha, as we all know, was the big star. She was the one mm. who everyone was quoting, who everyone wanted to be. Back in the day, if you called someone a Miranda, that took that was an insult. Everybody either <laughs> wanted to be Carrie or Samantha, and most people kind of wanted to be Samantha. And I think that probably did, did cause a bit of the rift of like, you know, the group versus the individual. Yes, she did shine too bright. This You're academic right. approach is, <laughs> I am living for it. Oh I need staggering. a diet. I'm so Never sorry. Never apologize. I'm, I'm going to start from season one again now. And, um... But to answer your question, Alana, I, it didn't affect me as much watching the show because I think I've been mentally, and I haven't seen as much of it, so maybe that's why, Mentally, I've been all right separating this mm. from the original and kind of looking at it as a separate thing. And I think to your point, Matt, I think there is something that is a little bit true about friendship sort of growing apart as we get older. And there's a part of me that I know it wasn't really their choice, but that kind of appreciates that rift because it does feel very true to life of like, yeah. I'm sure that when Carrie and Big got married, Samantha was kind of all of a sudden on the outside of these women who were her family. Yeah, yes, exactly. And like the sort of melancholy that hangs over season one that a lot of people I think had an aversion to and that they sort of course corrected in season two made it a lot more fun. I really oh, yeah. loved because it was like, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm a depressive person. Naturally, I'm just like, <laughs> I enjoy meeting other people where I'm at. But it just felt true to where Carrie is at mm. this chapter of her life. And I don't know where we are as a planet. Very post Aiden yeah. at the fountain uh, that remember like the next few episodes, a similar sort mm, of. Yes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. So this episode, Carrie, you know, wakes up in her old apartment because she can no longer stand to be in the apartment that she was living in with big, which leads her to hire a real estate agent which leads leads to the latest introduction of a new character, which is Seema. And we'll, I got a lot of questions for you about Seema, but can't wait. I want to talk about the new characters and the way that they have been introduced into the show mm. more broadly, you know, because the episode is called Some of My Best Friends. We all know what that is a reference wait. to. Yes. And we have this story. <laughs> with, so sometimes, Alana, there are people who will say things like, oh, some of my best friends are black. Some of my best but, friends are gay. Yeah. It's a way to, yeah. I, Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm mortified. Away. I can't um, believe it. Right before, I'm like, I want to ask what the title was about. Well, I, knew I thought it you were doing a bit. I knew, I knew it immediately. And I was a little worried that they were actually going to have that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. I am too. But I'm very eager to get your take on how they did address it. Because, yeah. you know, we've got Charlotte and LTW. Mm. Um, and in the end, it sort of shakes out that they were both embarrassed that neither of them have many friends that don't look like them, except mm. for each other. So Asha, for you, was this cringe? Was this relatable? Was it neither or both? It was kind of everything at once, mm. Matt, to be honest. I was, um, there was, so apologies for the name drop that I'm about no, to we, just no. throw Ooh. into this podcast. But, um, <laughs> I was, I know. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, um, I went to like a salon dinner at Kathy Griffin's house. Um, oh. yeah. Chris, I saw this on Instagram. Oh, I love ask her. You. It was a very great night. Um, that is a whole other podcast to talk about that night. But um, something, the friend who had invited me, who was friends with Kathy, and I was kind of, she wanted different types of people, like people in news and entertainment and all that sort of thing. So I was kind of an entertainment plus one. Um, but something that I did kind of ask, I was like, am I going to be the only Black person there? Because that is something that you tend to think about as a person of color. 
I was the only black person, but not the only person of color. So that was great. It was very a multicultural evening. Um, But it was so interesting not long after that to be watching this episode and sort of see that flipped from the other side, which, to be totally honest, I was expecting to feel more cringe about Charlotte's approach to it. But there was a part of me that thought it was kind of sweet that like I like it didn't feel what I appreciated. And this is where it's mixed. A part of it did feel like Charlotte being I don't want to come off like a racist. I need to get more people of color into this dinner party. That part was a little cringe. But there was this underlying thing, this undertone of, you know, I want to be more cultured and I want to expand my friend group and that sort of thing. And I really appreciated that. That is something, you know, I've I've dated people who are white and other races and come to events where I was the only person of color and it was like, okay, this is just something to kind of, you know, shift into. Um, And so there was a part of me that kind of appreciated what she was trying to do. Was she going about it the right way? Mm. Probably not. But um, but then seeing the reverse at uh, the dinner party towards Uh. the end. Um, I did actually think that felt very true to life. You know, you get a little bit of cringe up at the top, but I feel like the way they played it out, actually, I really related to it. I felt like that was pretty true to life in a lot of ways that I was surprised by, to be honest. Are you, you're talking about the art conversation with the yeah, mother-in-law? that was yeah. my yeah. first cry of the episode. That, that was, I thought yeah. that was actually handled yeah. quite well, considering, I mean, especially considering what Sex in the City used to be. Um, yes. and, you know, I think it, was it a little on the nose? Absolutely. But I actually enjoyed watching it. It kind of, I felt it yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Me too. I did too, because I felt like, I have seen criticisms that it was uh, like a sort of white savior art explaining oh. moment for Charlotte and uh, which I understand but for me it felt more like this is Charlotte yes. saving the day yes. being a good friend to yes. Lisa which is what she does yes and also the moment in the elevator with Harry where she's like did you read the article have you read any of the book and any of the books again I could see that being of her like posturing but on the flip side of it I would be so appreciative that somebody took the time to do that because a lot of people yeah. don't like, and, and that's, you know, and, and it did make sense mm. with Charlotte of being this art person, which I was a little worried they kind of, you know, brush aside for her being the stay-at-home mom. But to kind of see that come through um, and have that moment, I, I don't know. That was an act of friendship for me. I, that, where it was, um, again, what the show does best. Where for, for me, it didn't feel, up until that point, there were some cringes, but that moment where she monologues was like the life rap Rose never sent Jack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, whoa, whoa, yes. I've never done that metaphor before. Sorry. Um, too early to Titanic. Um, but yes, it's, it no, it's felt very apt. like almost like what um, she did for Charlotte with the four school mom. Charlotte never drops the ball. Yes. It was just a similar, yes. just a wampum and beads. I thought it was, that's the thing that's going to make them friends. I think every character sort of got that yeah. in this episode. And um, yeah, you know, I think, they made the tough decision to make the new characters new to yeah. their lives as opposed mm-hmm. to, it would have been easier if it was just like, oh yeah, and since you last saw them, they all have new friends and they're fully dropped into their social lives because we're getting to go on the ride of like some like painful moments, some awkward moments. And when you get to the other side of those with someone, they yeah. become real friends, which is, you know, the theme yeah, of this episode. Yeah, that's such a great point. I think everything before was like exposition or it just felt like, Maybe we weren't getting our, going to say core four, our core three. And now we realize 
where we're actually <laughs> learning more about who these women are now and why mm. why they're bonding with, I guess, are, are these new besties? They're getting close. They're getting close, you know. They're laying the groundwork. Yeah, I agree. I really like the way it was handled partially because it was like a way for the show to kind of address the elephant in the room of mm. like the blinding whiteness of sex and city, but also the fact that like when you are going to overhaul your cast and intentionally make it more inclusive, it's not going to be without it's like it's awkward moments that you experience in real life, like we were just talking about. And yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Charlotte, you know, putting her foot in her mouth over and over again is is something that happens and we've all seen it but it's also like i absolutely buy that she would not only make those mistakes but that she would learn from them yes and i mm. i feel like that's what the show's bigger point is about these yeah. things is that it's like that matters more than being perfect or right do you remember uh, of course you do you've seen every episode a thousand times like me but do you remember um yeah. matt where I, I think someone said something about hard to get she goes oh i invented that game and we actually see that charlotte who is so self-possessed and actually sometimes is the smartest guy in the room that monologue mm. felt intentional not not egotistical but like yeah. intentional where she's going to defend her friend within the framework of a conversation about art, but it was really about maybe like, you know, doing the right, doing the right thing and doing right by her, her new friend. Yes. I think that's I what makes it. I think that's what makes it different for me is that Charlotte wasn't doing this necessarily to posture as like, exactly. Oh, I know black art and everyone should know. I know black art. She was doing it to defend her friend against her friend's mother-in-law, who she was obviously having yes. like butting heads with. And I think that's what makes it different. Obviously it was written in a way of like, we can show that Charlotte knows a lot about black art, which mm -hmm. is great. And but I think the root of it was different and about establishing that as a friendship, which I think makes it feel better, mm. you know, yes. a little sweeter. And meanwhile, we have Carrie, you know, in this <laughs> other blossoming friendship with Seema that mm. I love so much. And I, I mean, we can't even skip over the moment. Not here to glamorize smoking, I but I am it. here to say oh. it was truly oh. iconic to it see her so light nice. up. It felt that. so good. I didn't realize oh. I watched it again again just to be sure. She has another cigarette when she answers the door for Anthony. Yes, she and does. she looks yes, like she she's been yes. working with that for a while. She's comfortable. Okay, all day. Comfortable. Yes. Very comfortable. I did, I did want to say in the intro to Seema, you obviously see her license plate that says I took like notes on that. or something, yes, which also, is incredible. Yes. Incredible. But it reminded me of once when I was driving through like the canyon in LA and um, I was driving behind somebody with an SJP license plate. And I have no proof that it was her, but we were driving and she pulled off, whoever it was, pulled off into like a giant house in the hills that was gated mm. and I what was kind of like, car was it? it feels what like kind it of was car Sarah. Was it? I don't remember, but it was a nice car. It was not like mm. a Volvo. It was a nice, not, nothing wrong with Volvos, but it was like a nice car. Um, and in my mind, I was like, was this an SJP thing that they were like popping in for SEMA? <laughs> oh. uh, I was going to say it was me, but I definitely <laughs> don't have a nice house in the canyon. I also um, have a vanity plate. <laughs> I see SJ in New York a lot. Live there. She's a, she's out and about. People see her. She's always got her giant cans on like this, which is just a great way for her to telegraph. Wait. I'm not available. She did chat an interview with about that you. very recently. Why she wears those, and that's did you yeah. read that or did you just know instinctively because you know her? I think both. But she did. I mean, she's listening to her podcast. She's doing whatever. But it is. It's also a way. Of, but I have had. I maybe I've even talked about this a year before. But 
I've been talking to Michael, my husband, about being like, like at this point, I mean, it, to just to do more name dropping. I've interviewed Michael Patrick Best a couple friend. of times. Okay. I've, you know, I've I've been interviewed by Andy Cohen. I'm like, I have some, I'm not just a, a rat off the street. I mean, I am, <laughs> but I'm a rat off the street who has a little, all this to say, it's the one celebrity where I'm like, I feel an obligation to approach. <laughs> but it's tough knowing how much she doesn't want it. Which is I why I couldn't I do it in that. You know? It means too much. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Matt, that your time is coming. I think it's best that you don't. And then mm -hmm. when it's the right time, you'll know. You'll I know. think that's Asha, can we pull cards wise. on it? <laughs> oh, great idea. <laughs> once, we, once we wrap up, I'll do a little thing. Great, 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 great. Darren, Matt. I want to circle back to Seema, but you touched on this earlier. I think both of you, just the theme of family, motherhood specifically, mm. how much stronger that theme is in a just like that than Sex and City. And we see Miranda <laughs> yes. and Naya bonding over dinner because they're reckoning with yeah. this idea of like, how do I define myself as a woman who may or may not want to be a mother? And as all three of us are currently without children, mm -hmm. I'm wondering how that conversation landed for you. So it was interesting for me because when Naya first came on screen, uh, kind of in that moment with her husband, um, they have a moment where she's like in the mirror yeah. and they kiss. And I was a little annoyed because I was like, these two actors have never met before. Like the way that mm. they approached each other. I was like, this, this is, is day this one. Is a brand this, is day one. this does not right, feel yeah. established. <laughs> Correct. Um, so I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about her in the scene with Miranda. But that was the one of the emotion, one of the two emotional moments for me was that conversation because mm. I really appreciated Naya kind of saying, you know, society, everybody is telling me the positives of it. Please tell me the other side. And I liked that they didn't land on anything yes. one way or the other, that it was sort of like, if you want it, it's great, but you know, it's not everything and it's not great all the time. And I think that honesty um, was kind of really nice to see. And I think it's something that that kind of speech from Miranda, part of it seemed like something Samantha might've said, like mm -hmm. the kind of like, you know, it's okay to not. And I, I appreciated that level of it. I have a lot of friends doing, um, like their shots now to freeze their eggs and kind of doing a lot yes. of that. So it felt very true to conversations that I've been having with friends of, you know, what your life could look like with or without. And that line that Miranda says of like, but sometimes coming home and being a judge to an empty house. Wrote it down. Of that too. And Wrote I, it down. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and I, I really appreciated that. It felt like I said, very, there was a lot of moments in this episode that felt very true to life, even as a woman in her 30s. And I, I really liked that. How'd it go down um, for you, Alana? I, I rewound that scene three times. I watched it first as me. I, and I watched it again as, as an actor because I think those two women just were so dropped into each other. I And then yeah. I watched it again so I could literally write down every line that landed with me and it was the whole conversation. Um, the thing about regret is that having a child doesn't take it away. Oh, so Bye. good. And I, Oh, and I remember beautiful. very early on, my husband and I, we've been together for a long time. We were together for a long time before we got married. And I remember having a conversation with my mother-in-law. And I don't remember what I was wrestling with at the time. But she said, I said, oh, I guess so. You can't have it all. And she goes, you can, just not at the same time. And so that's where I thought that line was going. She says, oh, so you can't have it all. And she said, you can. It's just really fucking hard. And I had to pause yeah. it there because I was like, unpacked. That's it. Yeah, it's so good. And it definitely shows 
I think even some growth on Miranda's part because it seemed like once she made the decision to have Brady and Sex in the City, and it was so unlikely that she, and obviously she thought about not even, you know, not not keeping the baby, um, that it felt like her arc was headed sort of where they were all headed, where it was like the natural journey toward happiness involves getting married uh, and becoming totally, a mother. Yeah. And, you know, to see her be a mother who loves being a mother and also recognize how joyful it might be to not, it's really something. I agree. This is a great scene. And by the way, the line you mentioned, Asha, where she's like, where Naya's saying, yeah, society's on me about it. My friends, my family, my house cleaner. And Miranda's like, you need a new house cleaner. Made me remember that Miranda, Magda. you know where I'm going with this. Where's Magda? Where's Magda? Where's Magda? That's the one my top three to bring back. Oh, God. That's another 100%. one. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that, Matt, because I was really hoping for her to kind of like go into some like, you know, the time my house cleaner like replaced my drawer of sex toys or whatever. <laughs> um, I was so expecting that. But yes, I so exactly I think um, I took my Sarah Jessica Parker moment with Lynn Cohen uh, and a lot of misplaced, uh, 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 well, I do love Lynn Cohen so, so much, but- Oh, Lynn Cohen is Magda, the actor excuse plays, me. Plays years and years and years ago, I, I did a reading with her and we were at the bathroom, in the bathroom at the same time. It wasn't an accident. And I um, <laughs> told her how much I loved her. She couldn't have been more of a doll. Brilliant actress also, but I definitely- um, uh, For a second, I thought you were talking about a tarot reading, and I was like, "Magic." She was a woman. Who, I mean, the most compelling person to watch work. She knows things. She's <laughs> she's connected Here's to yeah. the universe in a way that not everyone is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those like little moments of warmth uh, between her and Miranda and Sex the City are like I them. Oh, would right she now. miss the dildo? She just arranges it in the drawer. So many yeah, things. He's good. That's love. You are good. I'm gonna. Yeah, remember. Of course. Oh God, yeah. She, we need to bring her. So your top three is Magda, the, the Ben from the Fountain, ben? Is that and the also name? Ben, I, who we you mentioned. You know who I've been thinking about only because I've heard you pose this question, David Duchovny. Mm. I don't know. It's Great. a thought. I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm. You know, once this ends, I'll probably have a thousand more ideas. I know a lot has been said about the Jennifer Coolidge of it all, and Kristen. Most called her Kristen Stewart. Um, no, the um, New York is over. No. Oh, yes, uh, of course. Right. Yes, yes, Splat. yes. Splat. She can't be brought back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. One yeah. that I would love to see, because I think about this episode a lot. I think this is maybe one of my favorite episodes just in terms of um, what they did with it. But uh, John Bon Jovi. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. I would love to see brought back because they did have such a great chemistry. And, you know, the whole Carrie going to therapy arc, I, I actually wish... I love a therapy arc in a TV show. I think it's kind of a common trope of like, you know, we get more insight into this character through their therapist, but um, I wish they had extended that a bit. But that ending moment where uh, she's like, so come on, tell me why you're going to therapy. And he's like, oh, I'm totally fucked up after I sleep with women. I never want to see them again. And Carrie's like, and I picked the wrong uh, guys. That was just so beautifully done. So good. Um, and I would, I would be so curious if that character is still... In the same cycle, or also, incidentally, I loved all of her therapy wardrobe um, choices, oh. which is how I often remember the show. I'm I'm not a monster, you know. Of course, of course, I have been remiss to not ask you to speak more broadly about the fashion of the show. And as a shopping queen and guru, I do have one question for you too of what you thought of the white tutu skirt in this because I had first opinion. Thing I wrote down. Um, do you want give wanna, it to us? What do you need? You had the. No, because I no, please, please. This no, is I just you. think this is she's going back home. Also, yes. 
the Caroline of it all? How am I the self-appointed number? Is this the first time that we've ever? But then I never did see the Carrie Diaries, and it may have been addressed there. There's I don't a bit of Caroline that in the Carrie Diaries, from what I remember, but it was very okay. like school-based, of like maybe a teacher calling her that. Or yes, something. to me, I there are so Diaries. many New York Easter eggs here because you find out from her deli guy, and I lived in the same apartment for 13 years. That man got me through every audition. I would walk in half unzipped, three bracelets hanging off. He would get me dressed, get me out the door, and. Just knowing who she is and then offering her a role. I wish it had been a bacon, egg, and cheese. Something yeah, you would have had to that. cook it. We're talking <laughs> about time. Felt... But you're right. I know. You're right. I know, you're right. I know, you're right. Or chopped right. cheese. Right. I, yeah. For the bodega of it all. Yeah. True comfort There's food. always yeah. that, like, never clean role display. And it's the yes. it's just yeah. super role. And it just felt very New York. The question was about tutus, though. Yeah, so I think good. that that's. Well, I, my only concern with it was that it was very long and very white. And I felt like that felt akin to wearing flip-flops oh. in New York. Like mm. that's going to get dirty She's never in a been heartbeat. Practical. It's never been. <laughs> that's right. I think this, right. Was, this, was, right. this was so intentional. This was the right. 2023 tutu. This is, this is who Carrie is now. And it's an amalgamation of everyone she's been. And Asha hasn't seen this yet, but <gasps> oh. in the future on, and just like that, we go to the Met Ball. We, you know, we really do dip into some iconic fashions. How did you feel? About I didn't know I was going to have such strong it? opinions about the tutu. So I, um, um, so, I'm sorry, Perfect. about uh, which which part, Matt? The Met Ball. And in just generally oh. the fashion on and just um, like that, as opposed to... Okay, it's gorgeous. Show. It's a little more couture. It feels, you know, I really didn't want to be contentious because even when you hate it, you love it, right? With this show, it's like the Bible. It mm. does feel <laughs> more inaccessible, right? Like I think before, the real Carrie always was looking for the $300 shoes to go with her $10 dress. Now I understand with inflation, Manolas are now $6.95 base price. But um, I definitely feel like it's less thrift. Although I do find myself Googling and going into insane rabbit holes about the sweatshirt. I now follow all of their stylists on Instagram. She has in the last two seasons worn, do you remember the Central Park? tree sweatshirt that she wore and she cut it yes took me six months found it found it it came not in great condition we had to bleach her a couple times but this one now etsy is onto it and they come out with dupes like three hours after the show aired i don't know if i answered Uh, any of your questions but um absolutely well i am kind of curious because i i really loved is it lt nicole i didn't know okay i'm a big fan of a lot of her out i mean she just the way she carries herself, the jewelry, the styling of it all. It, and it so much seems like something that I don't know if anyone else could pull off, the, yeah. like what she does, um, but that I hope I can pull off when I am a little bit you older. You can pull it all off um, now. But you can I pull was it curious. All off now there's no rules. There's <laughs> yeah, no rules. Absolutely. You're right. I appreciate that. Um, but I was curious what everyone's, because I felt like her, uh, even in the original Sex in the City, Every character, even though there were similarities in what they were wore, everyone had very specific things, you know, like very specific Colors. silhouettes. Like, you know, Samantha's were, were always, you know, the tightest and most kind of like chic in that way, where Miranda's was a little bit more boxy. Obviously, she has her fashion moments. But I felt like LTW's was very specific. I, I, it didn't feel, and I, I thought that was such a, an interesting thing. You could say the same about uh, Seema and about Naya that their looks all felt very specific to introducing them. The first thing you see and, about Seema um, is her Valentino, feel... rock stud shoe. Exactly, Sorry, and it's beige. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And it's this beige in contrast to the color of LTW and the sort of 
bohemian, you know, professor of Naya. And I thought that was so well established in contrast to Charlotte Miranda and Carrie's looks that are obviously very established. Yeah. I was just going to say, and I, I no, think please. that where a lot of the characters are wardrobe, Carrie's fashion has always been an expression of how she's feeling. And um, I've never actually yeah. like, you know, thought this through before, but you see her actually in the closet in this episode looking at things. And so she chose the two, two you know? Interesting. For yes. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Getting over there's a, um, there's a, there's oh, no. a, seven beverages. There's an executive that um, I used to work for, not with, but um, who's very well known out here. And she, this is kind of akin to the celebrity gossip that I <laughs> met Matt with. But um, it, uh, she, at the beginning of every week, has a stylist come over with all of her outfits and they choose every outfit she's going to wear for the entire week down to workout clothes, like accessories, wow. everything. And it's every week. And I'm my like, nightmare. what a dream oh, to live that way. <laughs> Oh, I would love that so much. But that very much feels uh, like something LTW yeah. would do. Like have a stylist mm. who comes and everything is like very much established. Whereas Carrie feels very much, to your point, Alana, she picks it out. And I loved, too, that she puts Big's ashes in her closet. Body bag. Um, and right, yes, bag. even though she says, but of course, right. but even though she says, you know, I'll put you here until I find a, the right place for you, I'm kind of like, that actually says for another person putting those ashes in the closet would be, you know, almost sacrilegious. But for Carrie, it's actually it's the most important place for her to put big, which I thought was. I'm kind so of glad you said that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's sacred. Th- th- that's the closet. I think that's so interesting. Sorry, waiting. There's New York. New York City. I never apologize. It's crying for help. I'm She's also singing. so sorry. I'm not used to doing podcasts. I get so excited. I know you probably want clean audio, and I just get so excited. I have to scream, "Party's back!" Like in the middle of your. No, please. The more screaming, the better. So the fact that you said that's your dream, I think that's where the genius of Patricia Field comes in because she approaches all of it from such an emotional standpoint. I'm someone that like, I need to pad my getting ready time with 30 minutes of just staring in my closet open mouth. Like, who do I want to be today? Of course, I never actually had that time and then I'm usually late, but in my dream. But there are people like that. She is a busy mm. documentarian. She has many children. So of course. Yes. So- This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I'm a big therapy person. I would say for me, the greatest benefit of therapy, if I can look back at all of the years that I have spent in therapy, has been changing the way that I speak to myself internally. You know, everybody always says like, you have to treat yourself the way that you would treat a friend. That's much easier said than done. So many of us are our own worst critics and it 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 takes some 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 help to untangle that. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So, take a moment Visit BetterHelp.com slash LikeMatt today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LikeMatt. And she, by the way, in, the, in that, um, what is the, the ball called? Oh, the, the Met Ball. The Met Ball yes. episode, sorry. The Met Ball <laughs> the episode ball. that's what coming is up. What ball? LTW has like the fashion moment of the entire series. You might have seen glimpses of it on social media, so. Asha, but yeah. it's pretty unforgettable. I love that. So this last scene, you know, we referenced this earlier. Yes, we keep Sima, 
Paul's carry out for hurting her feelings. Everybody's like snap clapping. It's, it's just so good. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. I'm glad yeah, we're, we're off that. So Seema calls Carrie out for hurting her feelings for this moment earlier where she said, oh, it's great that you're still putting yourself out there. It's so good to rewatch that and see Sarita Chowdhury's acting. And, you know, it lands. It's very subtle, but something happens there. And, you know, and also Carrie is hurt because Seema broke the picture of her and Big. And it ends with that beautiful line. And just like that, we began our real friendship. You know, because I feel more and more like in so many ways, the big love story of it just like that is their friendship, Carrie and Seema. It grows and grows and it's really beautiful. And it's easy to make your new best friends when you are 24. But obviously we're all in positions where we're meeting new people all the time who say like, let's grab drinks, let's grab coffee. But <laughs> what does it take for each of you in, in real life for like new relationships to turn into real friendships? Oh, Matt, that's such I'm a good already. question. Do you do this a lot? (laughs) Um, Wow. Um, Well, I I will say something that is true for me in making new friendships um, that I think Seema has is just a really strong sense of self. I think your 20s, a lot of the time you don't really know who you are. You're trying on different things, you know, trying on different relationships and you don't really know yourself. And you hope that as you get older, you just get more established in that. And you know yourself, you know the situations, you know. To Kim Cattrall's point, I don't want to be in anything longer than five minutes that I don't want to be in. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think for me, that is a big part of it. I think knowing yourself well enough to stick up for yourself like Seema does uh, with Carrie in this episode. And also just kind of being able to see that in the other person. I think one of the reasons that some friendships sort of go away as you get older is you don't see the other person the way they want to be seen. Uh, Like something that uh, has happened for me before in friendships is I I think I'm a person um, who really sees the best in people, sometimes to a fault. I've had friends kind of be like, no, they're not (laughs) great. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Um, But I think I've had one or two friends in the past where, you know, I'm a writer. Sometimes I'll say something maybe snarky to them and they'll really take it to heart, usually because they're a water sign. Sorry to anyone who doesn't believe in astrology, but I'll tell you right now, if you say something like too harsh to a Pisces, they will shut down. Forever. Um, or cancer. A cancer. <laughs> yes, very much so. And I think my hope is always if I say something like that, and it really, they take it personally, is that they at least know me well enough as a friend to know that I never meant it in a harsh way. To know me well enough to say, oh, well, Asha's not actually trying to hurt my feelings or tear me down. She's just, you know, is saying something sarcastic or acerbic. Um, And I think that's something that's the root of a true friendship is to really see the best in each other. In that moment where Seema and Carrie, Carrie kind of is immediately very honest with Seema about like, how dare you do this? Obviously not really Seema's fault. And Seema is very honest on that side and that they can kind of be like, you know, I'm sorry. And I see you and I understand what you're saying. And I know you're not a bad person for saying this thing. That to me is the mark of like a true adult friendship. Yeah. The ability to weather discomfort Matt is just huge. You Say know, it one more time. And a thing we take Ugh. for granted. <laughs> and we get to see all of them do it in this show. And it's easy to avoid those moments if you want to. But when you do, that is what keeps things at the surface. Um, I would really like very much for our collective first date to watch the episode in season two where they have that scene outside of the hair salon. And then we can all be best friends by the end oh, because God. I think it's something I, right. I like need your, acad- your academia and your humor. Um, no mm. acerbic tones I've noticed yeah. at all. I would love it. 
Um, I think the thing I've, I've come to value the most is when in any kind of relationship, when someone can hold the mirror up to you with love. I think so many times you just like, you see something you don't like, and then you just like give up on someone without a conversation. Um, I related so much to your point, everything you just said, Asha, I tend to lean into like jokes and comedy. What sign are you, by the way? I'm a Taurus. I'm a Taurus sign. The man I live with is also a Taurus. I'm a Libra. So opposite sides of the zodiac oh ruled by venus right so i didn't even i also have this most 90 percent of me is just like one-on-one and then there's all the joke right and so i have that exact same thing and i had it even going into this where i'm gonna walk away going what the fuck did i say did i offend anybody (laughs) did i put my foot in my mouth you know but but, but it's so unfiltered in the moment and then if you ever knowingly knew that you offended or hurt someone it would be anyway it's a long-winded way of saying communication and people holding the mirror up love and seema did that that was an act of love immediately yeah i broke the glass but like you hurt my feelings she could have let it go soulmate and i love that too because again that's something samantha did very well for carrie she was never judgmental of carrie that's kind of her thing she wasn't judging but she would sometimes even in the therapy episode i was mentioning earlier samantha's the one who's like honey we're just as fucked up as you are we cannot be your therapist like exactly um and i think that moment again felt very true to friendship i've had this with friends before where they're kind of complaining about something that another friend has done or that maybe I've done. And I'm kind of like, you know, you've done this too. So let's maybe be honest about that here. And I think that felt very true. And it felt like such a great face. I think all three of these storylines with women of color that all of them have um, very much felt like such a great basis for this friendship of like honesty. Mm. Like all you can look at all of those conversations, Naya Miranda, Charlotte and LTW, and Carrie and Seema. Um, also, is there anything to the Seema, Samantha? Was that purposeful? I asked the, Matt, Michael Patrick the same thing, and he sort of blew me off. He was <laughs> like, Your best friend. Because I'm like uh, tr- positing this whole, th- my best friend, can you oh, talk about I? weathering discomfort? My best friend, Michael Patrick, and I have been through so much. But I was like pitching this wild theory that like, Seema is like a reincarnation of Samantha Mm. because she plays a similar role in Carrie's life. Yes, even their names sound alike. But I think to his point, it's like that we don't want to take away Seema's personhood and her agency Mm -hmm. and the fact that she is her own very complicated. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Great answer. Tell Michael we approve. But also there's an alliteration. I guess you know what you're talking about, Michael. It cannot be ignored. Right. It can't be an accident. Asha Michelle Wilson, Alana Becker, thank you so much for being here. What a joy. Thank you, Matt. This is so Uh, great. Nothing else I'd rather talk about and nothing I'd rather talk about it with. And Just Like Matt is a WOW Podcasts production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colbert. If you've got a burning question about a relationship or friendship problem, or really anything Sex in the City adjacent, just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at andjustlikematt at gmail.com, and I'll answer your question on the show with my very fancy guests. <laughs>